Remember that? Ladies and gentlemen, make yourselves comfortable. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is the only movie podcast that effectively breaks down movie news, movie rumors, and as Ken always points out, movie Movie rumblings. Ah, yeah, you gotta have the rumblings. We talk about all the latest going on in the world of cinema to start the podcast, and then we break down our movie of the week, but be forewarned, that movie will contain spoilers, and then we give you our weekly recommends. Please feel free to listen to the beginning and end of this podcast if you haven't heard the uh, movie or if you haven't seen the movie of the week. Uh, but if you have, stay with us all the way through and we will give you all the latest thoughts and opinion around that movie. And Brian, that movie of the week this week is G.I. Joe Retaliation. <laughs> what if the president isn't the president? Our government has been infiltrated. Any and all traces of our existence is terminated. We have to assume that there's no one we can trust. There is one man. He's the reason we call ourselves Joes. Take two cases of Thin Mints and a box of Chuckalucks. I just want to say, um, I have to admit that G.I. Joe Retaliation is one of the most accurately titled films of the year because it's the exact feeling that I felt towards Paramount uh, immediately following the screening of this film, <laughs> which we'll uh, go into detail more a little bit later in the show. Um, but uh, retaliation, yeah. Spoiler alert: We all three loved it. <laughs> <laughs> we all did. We loved. We're gonna love talking about it. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, uh, thank God! Thank God! I have this podcast. Otherwise, I cannot imagine a more fruitless <laughs> afternoon. Exactly. Seriously. Um, let's. Uh, anything you want to mention, Brian? Movie news. Yeah, I saw a couple of things that were uh, were interesting. Uh, did y'all see the? The casting for the Captain America sequel. Do you see the big news that came down today, officially? I did, I did see some some news in that regard. I'm not sure which news you're uh, um, talking about. The uh, the person that they have tagged, the actor that they have tagged to lead Shield in the early days of Captain America, is none other than Robert Redford. Wow, the Horse Whisperer. Yeah, man, the Horse Whisperer himself. <laughs> ho- I think we're, he's. He's known best from the Horse Whisperer. Yeah, yeah. Now, if if you, is can, that wait is that the guy from Spy Game? <laughs> if we can get him uh, sneakers, if we can get some Horse Whispering in Captain yeah. America too, yeah. You know, if so, if they can work those two plot lines together, I think that'd be pretty impressive. So, Brian, you say the early days of Captain America. Is he going back back in time now? What's See, going now, on? I don't know about that. That that's confusing to me as well. But I I think. I think that this will take place somewhere between the uh, – I don't know. I don't know how that's going to that's gonna happen. I know the general plot has something to do with his um, – the buddy of his. Now I can't think of his name. I'm going to have to IMDB it. But the friend Bucky. of his – Bucky. Yeah, Bucky. Bucky comes back as a – I think as a, as a villain and it has something to do with that. So I, maybe I misspoke. I'm not sure if it's going to be – um, pre prior to the end of Captain America and then the Avengers and all that stuff. Or I hope so. But, I hope it's back in time because 
Richard has a little bit of a crush on the girl from uh, the original Captain America. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I'm more than I'm more than willing to welcome welcome her back. I'll even forgo any sort of like logic. Like if he's just back in those times, that's fine with me too. I don't even have to, you don't even have to explain it as long as she returns. Yes. All right. Um, okay. I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the IMDb page, and it looks like it's going to be set after the Avengers. Okay. So, uh, and, so and she's I'm, long since yeah, dead. So she's she's dead or very old, Richard. <laughs> one or the other. Um, well, looks like Red. I can work with either. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Redford will, I guess, kind of fill <laughs> in the shoes of uh, Agent Coulson. Okay. Oh, I hear they're bringing Agent Coulson back, though, in the Shield television series. You hear about That's that? That's what I've heard as well. Yeah. I'm really yeah. excited about that show, which is apparently uh, about to kick off. I think yeah. maybe in the summer. So is that, that going to be on ABC? It's on ABC, and it's uh, yeah, it's like it's going to be like a, I guess CSI type show centering around Shield. Uh, so that's exciting. If if we can maybe get Marvel, some Marvel heroes, you know, to cameo in a couple of the mm-hmm. episodes, and if it's not only about Shield and it actually pertains to things that are currently going on in Marvel's cinematic universe, that's going to be the biggest show. I mean, it's going to be the next Walking Dead or. Um, I don't know, Lost or the next, I don't know, whatever shows that, that people get crazy about. But well, it's I, nice to know Whitney. Disney's figured out. Whitney. It's going to be the next yeah. Whitney. Yeah. It's nice to see that Disney's figured out how to monetize this sucker. Exactly. Yeah. TV yeah. show. It's good to yeah. see someone's finally going to be making some money off of this. Right. I want to mention um, some more Marvel news. I saw some, some concept art came out today for Avengers 2 and for Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you see this, Brian or Richard? I must have missed it. Uh, man, every piece that they, they release on these on this film, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it gets me so, so excited for it. It looks to be awesome. So um, they have cast, I think, Bautista, the wrestler from WWE, as uh, Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. So they now have Star-Lord and Drax cast. Um, they're, I hear they're trying to court Jim Carrey uh, for uh, Rocket Raccoon, the voice huh. of Rocket Raccoon or – um, Sasha Baron Cohen, I heard maybe even so, um, interesting, interesting movie, kind of a comedic superhero character raccoon is involved yeah. and a, and a tree guy named, um, Groot. So, well, it's really sounds crazy. Right. It's really going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be definitely probably the most gritty, I would say of the yeah. Marvel films that's going to come out. It's going to be kind of probably a Watchmen, right. you know, um, toned movie. But really, really excited for it um, because well, I'm nothing not... says nothing says grit like a animated raccoon. <laughs> yeah, Rocket Raccoon. He, you laugh, but he he's probably one of the more tough Marvel characters that they've come out with. He's just and, like resentless raccoon or relentless, and, I should say. And uh, and and you could say that he's arguably one of the most uh, aggressive Marvel cartoons uh, characters. He's certainly the most aggressive. I think we can all agree, raccoon based. Uh, superhero <laughs> and he's guys he's named after a Beatles song so uh, that's a win-win right there Rocky Raccoon Marvel and Beatles um, went into his room only to find Gideon's Bible some superhero staying on the superhero theme um, Justice League news and rumors have been swirling every week what about and, rumblings and, they also and there's there has been one rumbling this week Whew, that I wanted to bring goodness. up uh, oh, I, I usually only bring up the rumblings so um, <laughs> hold on let me check my seismograph yep we've yep. got a reading Yes. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, uh, guys, is um, being courted apparently by Warner Brothers to play the Flash in Justice League. 
So that's really good casting. Thoughts on that? That's really good. Brian Gill. Yeah, that could be very interesting. I I have a hard time with the Flash because all I can think of is that early '90s uh, TV show series that uh, starring the Flash that lasted like three episodes. Y'all remember that? That may have been. Before your time. I remember being very excited about it as like an eight-year-old and then even as an eight-year-old saying, oh, this is not good at all. So I have a hard time shaking that out of my my memory. But that that is good casting. If they end up going that route, um, Riley Cooper would make a good – a good uh, secondary character in a comic book movie like that. Apparently he auditioned for the role of Green Lantern but didn't get it. Well – that's uh, to his detriment, really. <laughs> exactly, and they were going to apparently make a make a Flash standalone film that never happened with Ryan Reynolds. Um, apparently, <laughs> it was going to be Bradley Cooper, but then it never happened, and um, so they're trying to get him to do Flash again. But um, yeah, no, Ryan Reynolds legitimately did circle the Flash for several right. years, and then he uh, he decided to make Green Lantern instead, which is a decision I'm, I'm sure he stands by. Yeah. Uh, to this day, and I'm sure Bradley Cooper, you know, considers that to be the role that got away. Yeah, it's really too bad he had to do <laughs> Silver Linings Playbook instead of the Green Lantern, right? And the Hangover. Yeah, just, it's just an unfortunate turn of events there. They, they're Warner Brothers is saying that they're not going to do Justice League unless they can get a big name star attached or introduce a new big name star in a superhero role. So it doesn't look like they're going to go the unknown route for any of these characters, yeah. Uh, which is good. Um, you know, you never would yeah. have you never would have seen uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark until it happened, and then it was a match. You know, it was perfect. So right. I would I would like to see Bradley Cooper do a superhero film, and that's the perfect opportunity for him. The Flash, I think. Yeah. Has, like has there been any more discussion as far as Nolan's invi- involvement with? Uh... I don't Which, think I have seen anything. He keeps denying it, of course, but you know, until until Man of Steel comes out, there's really yeah. there's really no telling what is going to happen. And I think just, all of this hinges on Man of Steel. It's it's right. gotta you've gotta it's gotta get a good rating with with critics and you know Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and it's gotta make a ton of money because otherwise, Justice League is is a bomb waiting to happen. You know, you've gotta have. You got to know that the audience is there because you're going to end up spending 200 or 250 million dollars on that movie and take a bunch of big chances and ask, you know, if they end up casting big names in every role, you know, you got to ask all those guys to take lesser, probably lesser money and definitely lesser screen time, all that sort of thing. You're asking, you're you're courting disaster if if Man of Steel is not a pretty significant success. So totally I, agree. Um, it's, unless, you can, sure. unless you can sign Mike James or something late uh, and save some money against the cap, you know, yeah. then you can get the guys to play cheaper. A little bit of sports humor there for you guys. Right. We, we <laughs> sprinkle it in every now and then. Um, I wanted to mention, of course, Star Wars news, Brian. Mm. This is a bombshell. If it's oh. Richard, oh. Making, Richard loves making fun of some of the greatest uh, movies in cinematic history. It's oh. yeah. That's why he's in Rochester and we're not. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, this could be a bombshell, though, Brian. It really right. could. Apparently, uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings um, Desolation of Smog or Hobbit the Desolation of Smog is starting. The trailers are starting to maybe come out. The uh-huh. um, the uh, 
Peter Jackson just released a Q&A in which he talked about the Hobbit Desolation of Smog. But if you watch the video of the Q&A video that he released on Facebook, there is a frame that if you see on his desk, a script for Star Wars. What? Episode 8. And it says Peter Jackson, huge on the top. It's like under a stack of papers, and you can barely make out the title. So I don't know why that was put in there, if it was not meant to be in there, or um, what is going on, really. All I've seen is a screenshot. So uh, thoughts about that? Well, first off, you can hate on me for being in Rochester all you want, but uh, (laughs) I consider this to be the Hoth of New York. Uh, (laughs) Because there is weird... You have not Preach. been to uh, Buffalo. Just uh, go well, there, sir. I'm going in the morning. That's where I'm driving uh, first awful. thing tomorrow morning. So, go stars. Uh, Are you going to anyway. wear a Troy Aikman jersey? All stars jersey. Yeah, like I'm going to wear uh, stars pants and a, and a <laughs> Troy Aikman jersey. And then I'm going to say, and if if the if the Buffalo Clippers were still around, we'd beat you at that too. Right or not? Anyway, continuing on. Uh, that's that seems like a pretty good match. I th- how did you guys feel about the most recent Hobbit film? Do you think it was up to snuff? I th- yeah, we I felt like it was. It. I, I felt like think... it was. Um, it met expectations. I don't feel like yeah. it exceeded any really, but sure. it, you get you get what you expect from from that from Jackson, and it was yeah. a it was a fine continuation of the series. I sure. feel. My point on the Hobbit is, you, I don't think you can judge it fairly until all three movies are out, and then you can look at it as as a whole. That right. was my my opinion. What do, you, what do you guys think about it visually? Would you like to see that sense of camera? You know, would you like to see the, that type of cinematography brought to Star Wars? You guys would care the last, more. Not. Yeah, the last time I watched The Hobbit, I actually thought about what if Peter Jackson did a did a Star Wars film, and I think he would do awesome. He has such good taste. It seems like um, it's going. For example, District Nine. You know, yeah. he he wasn't a director, but he was the executive producer and pretty much the visioneer of that film, and it's one of the better sci-fi movies to come out in the past decade, you know? Yeah. So, um, I would definitely give him a shot. You know, I don't see why Lucasfilm would want to go away from JJ Abrams following this next star Wars film, probably because JJ Abrams wants to do the third star Trek film after this star Wars film. So, yeah. you know, he'll probably go back and forth. So you think I can, they'll let him do that? I mean, that's, I, seems I think like... he's already said that he, um, he's going to do the next star Trek. So, I'm sure that was part of the agreement. Hey, I want to finish my trilogy here and still do this, you know, because it's going to be a great film whether he's, you know, you know, still making Star Trek films or not. Um, he's just a great filmmaker. So um, having said all that, I think Peter Jackson would be great. It, it seems like it would fit the timeline of what they're currently thinking here as far as seven and eight. Um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe the There and Back Again comes out, what, 2015, uh, Christmas maybe? Maybe tw- I think twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. I think they're if back they, to back to back. I, I think. I, I like think that was. I feel like the, the last. Plan. The last. Yeah. It was the last press release that I saw. It was every Christmas for the next three years is going to be a Hobbit film. Those so, are already. Are those are already all shot though, right? Those are done. Right. But he also has the Tin Tin sequel that he's committed to after yeah. the Hobbit. So it, it looks like it's going to be. I mean, he's with the same family. This Kathleen Kennedy, Steven Spielberg, you know, family. Right. With for Ten Ten, so I mean, after he's done with these Hobbit films, it seems like that's where he's going to set up camp for for a while, and that's exciting. I would love to see a J.J. Abrams, 
you know, Star Wars film, a Peter Jackson one, and then maybe, you know, who knows, Darren Aronofsky, some David Fincher, right. someone crazy, crazy for the third film. Um, that's exciting, though, and still yeah. not George Lucas, so. Yeah. <laughs> any, um, any more movie news you guys want to go over? No, that's all I've got. That's all you got, Richard? All I got. That's, that's all I have. Um, yeah, well... I have one thing. One more thing, I do, guys. I do, too. Okay, go when, for it. Whenever you're done. Uh, this is more for Brian than you, Kent. Did you, Brian, see Vin Diesel's um, post about watching Fast 6 with an audience for the first time? No, I didn't. But, he, but I love it already, even <laughs> though I, I haven't seen it. He wrote a thing like, can't believe I've been playing these characters for whatever, however many years. Yeah. Just watch Fast 6 with an audience. Their reaction was overwhelming. Standing ovation at the end. Can't wait for other people to see this. So, Fast Six, baby. It's, it's the greatest on. movie ever, probably. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like. Hey, uh, Fast Seven is filming in Los Angeles this yeah, summer. Yeah, they're so. already filming it this Field summer. Field trip. I saw that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm in. Got to get out there. I know they were in Scotland, and I should have for the for this one. I should have called yeah. Scott. We could have gone out there and stayed with him, and then just no. Stock Vin Diesel together, yeah. yeah, and then just stock Vin Diesel until we see him, until and, yeah. and then become best friends. Right, that's awesome news. Because though. that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> yeah, you guys we would be friends. You know what we should do, honestly, and this is being totally serious to all our subscribers and everything. On the the week Fast Six comes out, let's just record three episodes of Fast Done. Six of Fast Six. You know, do Fast Six, talk about it. You know, for an hour, and then. Yeah. Come back three days later. Talk about it for another hour. Yeah, and uh, we'll just give you guys three hours of Fast Six, maybe even six hours if we're feeling up to it. Right. We'll spend an entire hour on Paul Walker. I feel like is a good idea. Yeah, and I can I can talk about Ludacris's acting career for yep. at least yeah. forty five. You know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> but guys, guys, this is vehicular man. Or what is it? Vehicular, vehicular warfare. Warfare. Dead coming. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, I ruined it. That's there's I'm too so many excited. there's too many solid films coming out, guys. Yeah. We could, we could sit here all day and talk about how excited we are. I'm, I'm gonna save mine movie news okay, till uh, till GI Joe. I'm gonna save mine till till GI Joe because it pertains okay. to that. So okay, all right. Um, let's talk about GI Joe retaliation. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you: Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. 
and there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. General Colton, call me Joe. Whoever did this, we'll be back. We're all that's left. Let's get to work. world ain't saving itself. Okay, first of all, I want to say that thank you, Brian, for um, <laughs> being so excited about this this uh, sequel, and um, that excitement has leaked to Richard and I. Right. And so we, you know, like 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 friends do, you know, we saw the film, and uh, we're we're breaking it down. We're breaking it down for the podcast. We're going to try and give you guys as much intellectual conversation that we can out of such a film as G.I. Joe Retaliation. We Kent we, just Kent just broke his fingers doing air quotes. We, his we, fingers yeah. look like Andre yeah. Ware's knee right now. <laughs> he just air quoted so hard when he said intellectual. Intellectual? I, I literally did. I just did that. Um so I knew it. I could see it. Don't don't I mean you're probably listening to this podcast. Hopefully you don't think that we're seriously gonna try and talk about the gr- how great this movie is. Well, we can make yeah. an example of what not to do. Speak um, for yourself. <laughs> and yeah, well, well, last week I think when Richard Richard broke down Oz Great and Powerful, we said I can't wait or we can't wait to do a movie that's legitimately terrible. So hopefully this is it, and yeah. uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say, Richard, um, for this film. But I just <laughs> want to say that um, I don't think I've ever had. I'm, I'm just going to go on first impressions here. We'll give our first impressions of the film, and then we'll we'll break it down a little bit more. But I don't think I've ever had a worse experience in a theater in my life. <laughs> um, I was sick to my stomach uh, pretty much the entire time. Um, I don't know how much of that had to do with the plot or the fact that I had a Doritos Cool Ranch Locos Tacos right before <laughs> I went in. And so that Mountain Dew and uh, Locos Tacos combination yeah. was not sitting well in my stomach to begin with, and I should have I should have planned ahead as, on that front. But um, having said that, I want to just say that everything in this movie offended me. It insulted me as a moviegoer. <laughs> it, it was one of the first times I can remember going to a theater and legitimately feeling ripped off for for having sat there for an hour and a half for ninety minutes exactly. Um, guys, they pulled 90 minutes out of this, so oh, um, that's it. <laughs> Richard Barden, so much longer. Richard Barden, please thoughts on GI Joe Retaliation. Uh, well, last week after uh, after seeing uh, Wizard of Oz or whatever it's called, <laughs> Revenge Retaliation of Oz. Um, you know, I think I probably took the Mad About Movies title literally uh, too far, and I'll, I'll try to keep myself tempered. Uh, for this one, uh, Brian knows that, uh, my favorite thing to do when seeing a movie, uh, is to just walk out of it if I don't <laughs> like it. Sometimes even, even when I like it, I just, 
uh, I walk out. Um, this one, because of my diligence to the podcast, I sat through. My legs sort of churning in the seat the whole time. Um, I am going to confess something to both of you, and I, and I hope I'm not judged for it. Um, I never saw G.I. Joe 1. I realized Dis- disclaimer this. I only got I only got through half of the first one and so. I thought I had seen it and and then as I watched this one I, I realized I remembered not, none of it. I think I just saw a trailer for it which <laughs> happens as I get older I, I just invent experiences yeah uh, so I, I can't compare this to I've heard that this is quite a step up uh, from the first film. I don't see how that's possible it is. It is. But I'll, I'll get into that because since I'm the and only I was one gonna who say has that. seen the movie. Yeah. yeah but uh, but cons- so that being said, uh, if this is a step up, um, and ironically directed by the director of Step Up, um, <laughs> so you know a, it's good. So you know it has to be good. If this is a step up from Step Up and GI Joe, whatever one, um, I can't even imagine how this is just an awful movie. And I love like, I love the rock and I like Channing Tatum, even though he's barely in this. And I, and I'm with Brian that we, we both care for, for Bruce Lee. I love Ray Park's work at Darth Maul. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) this is just, uh, Adrian Palaki or whatever her name is, is, is perfectly attractive. Um, just an awful movie just a truly the fact that this came out like anywhere close to summer the fact that Uwe Boll didn't direct this um, is is shocking to me and uh and uh it's just I I can't say anything I'm still I just saw it hours ago so uh I am still at a loss of words so I'll let Brian um defend this uh right now Brian is like one of the he's like the lawyer of like one of those school shooting kids that everyone knows did it um (laughs) He has to somehow come up with a defense, even though everyone knows uh, what he's saying isn't true. Uh, and so that being said, the prosecution rests. Uh, Kent and I are going to sit down and cross our arms. And uh, Brian Gill, your defense of G.I. Joe retaliation. Okay, I'm not going to defend this movie at all. No, um, you are. Go ahead. I, it is better than Rise of Cobra, um, <laughs> which is the God, such a terrible title for a movie. Um, I, mean, I was in a porn called that a couple years ago. <laughs> dark part um, of my life. Really that, dark I saw Rise of Cobra at, uh, at a midnight screening, of course, uh, when it first came out and was just blown away by how horrible it was. But <laughs> over the last four or five years, whenever it came out, it came out in 08 or 09, I, I think 09. Over the last four years, I've forgotten how horrible it was, and I went and rented it. I don't know, a month or two ago just to, to catch up so I could be reminded, you know, I didn't want to be left unawares going into the, the sequel. Um, and I, within about, I, I probably watched 15 minutes and then it was like, Oh, right. This, this is what this is about. And it's horrible. It's, I think that might be the worst action blockbuster action movie I've ever seen. I mean, did you ever I, see uh, battleship? I love Battleship. I have a, I have an affinity for Battleship despite okay. its its idiocy. Um, but I know that I am the only person in the world that likes that movie, so <laughs> it's okay. Uh, GI Joe is is abysmal, and I mean, 
you can always find like straight to DVD action movies on Netflix, you know, that are that I'm sure are worse than both of these movies are. But as far as like an actual blockbuster movie, Rise of Cobra is if it's not the worst, it is certainly in the conversation. Um, so I'll say this. Uh, Retaliation is better than Rise of Cobra is. But as I texted you guys, so is the dump that I took this morning. Like, there's <laughs> nothing worse than that. Than I that really tab. wish you hadn't included the picture in that text message. Yeah. But other well, than that, I see your point. I wanted to be thorough. wanted to be thorough. <laughs> um, here, let me – I wrote a review for G.I. Joe Retaliation, and I just went – I just listed pros and cons because I just couldn't – It it was such a terrible movie that I didn't feel like I needed to come up with a cohesive, like, actual review. I just went with the pros and cons list. Uh, I have five pros. One, I already mentioned, it's better than Rise of Cobra. Uh, two, Walt Goggins, who plays the uh, the prison warden, is yeah. one of my favorite character actors. So he showed yeah, up, and good. he's only yeah. in it for like five minutes, and you're like, that was probably the best five minutes of the movie. Um, Django. Yeah, yeah, Django, exactly. Um, the beginning of the I ninja fight it. scene between Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow is pretty awesome. It deteriorates very quickly, but at the very beginning, it's kind of cool. Um, Adrian Palicki is hot. She's not a good actress, but she's she's attractive. And then The Rock, I, th- I felt like The Rock was pretty solid. I felt like he did the, the absolute most that, that a human being could do with what he was given to work with. Um, and even still, listing all those pros... Uh, I gave it a D, and I kind of might go back later and change it to an F. I mean, it's a horrible movie. This is if you're not a ten year old boy, I I can't imagine that you will enjoy this movie at all. Apt, apt, apt commentary there, Brian. Um, I agree with you a lot. It's funny because I mean, films like this just seem like they they just want want it to be terrible. I mean, I don't yeah. see how it's honestly possible for Paramount Pictures to allow this to happen, and, and you know, unless they're yeah. aiming it at just five-year-old children. And even then, I don't even know if they would would like it. You know? Yeah. It's just well, that's that's the thing. It's it's. I love movies like like I I just mentioned Battleship. I love the A Team. Um, even some of the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, I think Fast Five is a really good action movie, but there are some Fast and the fourth one is not – it's probably not a good movie, but I really enjoy it, you know? Um, Bite your tongue, Brian. <laughs> I really like that. And certainly the first one falls into that category. It's not a good movie, but you really enjoy it. Um, Tokyo Drift, though, is great. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's in my top 100 of all time. Um, but this movie good. is just not – it takes – it. You, you're right. It's so stupid, and yet it – it seems like it takes itself seriously. Like it wants to be a legitimate yeah. action movie to put on par with like with Die Hard or something. But then so much of the so much of the tone of the movie is is geared towards seven year olds. So I I don't it, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. And I, well, it doesn't matter because it made like a hundred and fifty million dollars. But what are we what are we doing? I I don't I I don't understand how any any adult human being could could sit through this and not come out and say that's one of the the worst mo- worst action movies ever. I 
I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean All to right. cut you off and rant. But. Spoiler territory coming up right now for G.I. Joe Retaliation. Don't see it. Yeah. Um, run as far as you can from the theater. Stick around through the spoilers, and we'll just tell you the entire movie. And then and how ridiculous it is, yeah. So bad. No one should see this movie. So one of the big uh, – th- for those of you who don't know, this movie has been on the shelf for a year pretty much. Um, it was supposed to come out last summer, but it got delayed. The studio didn't want to release it. Uh, they said it was because they wanted to convert it to 3D, which, you know, who do you believe there? And it could have been because um, last spring, specifically, Channing Tatum became a huge star with 21 Jump Street. And after that, Magic Mike. So, you know, the fact that he is only in a, f- a little bit of this movie, there was rumors that they went back for reshoots to put more Channing Tatum into the movie. Having said that, why does he die 10 minutes into the movie? What was going on there? That contributes nothing to the plot whatsoever. The one interesting character that audiences care about, they kill him off, and now you're just left with The Rock and this chick and this other guy that has DJ Flint. Is his name Flint? Flint, yeah. DJ Cortona or something like that. Yeah, just just. Just the worst, and there's these scenes between um, Adrian Palacki and DJ Cortona that are just, just Brutal. the worst yeah. acting you've ever seen. Just trying to be, and, and it's it's like they're falling in love, but it's just like awkward. So you don't yeah. know if if they're supposed to be falling in love or if it's like it's supposed to be awkward. You know, it's just horrible execution on all parts of that yeah. of that whole storyline. I don't know why they killed Channing Tatum. Why? Why did they do that? I, well, I think, I think he had an killed, out. I think. I think he, he probably said, "I'll only be in it if you kill me off." Yeah, or he did. Well, like he was contractually obligated to do too, but he somehow fanatic. They decided they didn't really want him back, and 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 he didn't really want them back. So they killed him off quickly, and then he became a movie star last yeah. summer. So then contractually, they, that's part of the reason the movie was delayed. They contractually went back and tried to get him to film some more scenes. And obviously I guess it didn't end up happening. Well, they, but, di- I, I think in the very, cause he's in it for about 15 minutes. When you say the, the, the first 15 minutes of the movie, he's, he's involved. Yeah. Those scenes like with him hanging out with the rocks, daughters and things like that. Just, the I worst. think that was added <laughs> after the fact. I, that stuff I, just like, that's which an opening makes no scene. Sense, but it's I just think horrible. They tried to buff up his character as much as they could. Cause like you guys said, I mean, he, when they shot the first movie, that was right in the middle of, oh, my God, Channing Tatum is the worst actor ever. And so I don't think – you know when they shot the second movie, they were going to kill his character off the whole time and bring in – you know play up the rock. And then they had to go – but the way they kill him off is the worst. And did you guys feel – I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up. But the way that they, they kill him off screen – uh, the you way never they show it, you don't, you don't know if he's dead or and not. And so yeah. you know he's coming back in the third movie, right? Like this totally yeah. – he's he's going to come back as like, you know, Cobra Commander or something. I mean it, it's going to happen um, and that frustrated me. That was just a, yeah. another one in a long list of ugh, what are we doing, you know? Talk about more of your frustrations, Brian, because you said what you like. But give us what you thought was just, just horrible about this film. Uh, one of the worst scripts that I've ever seen put to film. Um there are about a million plot points that don't that either are stupid, just plain stupid, or make no sense at all. I'll, ma- um, I'll mention one of those right now. Yeah, the remote control bullets. 
why do you have the remote control bullets if you don't use them in yes. any important moment yes. of the film? They use the it climax, at the very beginning. You, they use yeah. it at the very beginning and show you what it looks like, and okay. that's it. They don't ever come back to it. They don't kill the you know the main villain with it. They don't do anything creative. They just like show you. And it looks really cool. And I guess they shoot one of the little henchman guys. You know, one of yeah. their one your of their cat has really worked up too about this movie. Well, your cat. Your cat is dog. not happy about it. I know. Oh, it's your dog. My wife Sorry. just came home, and the dog is losing her losing her mind. Hopefully, she'll be put away here in a second. But it's no, you're right. Things like horrible. that constantly throughout this movie, constantly, um, they make a big point. Like for example, they make a big a big thing out of Storm Shadow, the 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 villainous ninja, not using a gun. Like he's got it. You know, he's got to do things the right way, like the old way with the sword. And then later in the movie, he's just shooting people. Like. What? That doesn't make – why are we doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, well, Brian, my guns favorite – Guns are for the weak. They're for well, the stupid. Oh, no offense. Yeah, I changed my mind. Um, the Gruber quote. You didn't my, catch it. Yes. I, I loved it. I loved it. I don't know how to use one. Um, my favorite <laughs> of, of all the plot points that made – I love at the end, spoiler alert, um, the G- the GI Joes basically allow Cobra Commander to destroy all of London in order to out him as Cobra Commander. It's like, yeah. well, sorry, sorry, it sucks to be London. Like, yeah, what? That what are we doing? I mean, <laughs> mission failed. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, and there's other points in the movie. Let's, where let's not it, mention. Let's mention right now how they how they destroy uh, London, Brian. They guys, they don't they don't bomb them. You know, they don't shoot them. They drop rods on them, guys. Yeah. Rods from outer space. Yeah, they drop poles from outer space that travel so fast that they blow stuff up. It's like the Empire State Building when you throw a penny off. Except I, that's the climax of the film. I said something about that in my review, and I got some flack from people who said that's actually a viable – which I, I'm not questioning whether or not it's a viable means of of warfare or whatever. But what's the point? It's like – no, but what's they're the building it up the entire that? time. They're yeah. building it up like our weapon is about to be complete, and then they yeah. then they're like giving a spiel to the world about what their weapon does. They're like it drops rods yeah. from really it's high up. Joke, it's such a joke. Um, the there's pl- there's other points in the movie where it seems like the characters have read the script for the movie, so they know what happened in places where they weren't. That kind of drive me, that drove me nuts. Um, the the. Uh, John Chu, the director, has no idea how to shoot an action sequence. I didn't yeah. see it in 3D because why would I pay extra money to see this movie in 3D? But so much of the action, it's that fast pace. It's that stupid fast action where you can't, you can't even tell what's happening. That's all of the, almost every single action sh- uh, sequence is shot like that to where you, you can't keep up with it. Um, it's just so bad. Ray Stevenson, his accent kept changing throughout the whole movie i which yeah. <laughs> makes no sense i i mean it's just so it's so bad um i want to mention how bad the score is of this yeah film. this score sounds like predator <laughs> three you know out of 1989 it's just the yes. worst like most out of place unsettled like unsatisfying score i've ever heard in an action film it's just the worst it's Oh, that's like they took synthesizers, you know, and just hit them with hammers the entire yeah. time. It's and just I think horrible. I think that's that's maybe the biggest problem with the whole movie beyond everything else, which, by the way, the RZA also belongs in this conversation 
Um, <laughs> yeah. As a Wu Tang fan, go make a rap album. What are you doing? Stop being in movies. Um, no, but the entire film, and correct me if you, if y'all didn't feel this way, but everything about this movie felt incredibly dated. It felt like it was written by an eighth grader in 1999 yeah it did it felt like the original power rangers movie yes that's a very very good description there wasn't quite enough new metal in it but i guess you know i can move on from there yeah but like you said kent the the score seems old and out of place some of the dialogue just i mean you know the the president makes allusion to going to dinner with bono and it's like is that i mean that's (laughs) the the pop culture references it's just yeah. There's another point terrible. Where, yeah, where, where your guys' rock, battle cry is yeah. a Jay Z lyric. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Yeah. The, the Rock uh, beats up with his buddy from the hood, and they do like they make a big deal out of doing a fist bump. It's like <laughs> what? That's what? Is, I I don't know. Uh, There's it's so bad. The um the the president plays Angry Birds, guys. <laughs> yeah. He, he pulls out an iPhone and plays Angry Birds oh. in the middle of a war. <laughs> And <laughs> that has got to be just, one of the worst. There's uh, a reference to C- Ryan Seacrest. There's a there's yeah. a Miley Cyrus reference in there. Yeah. There's a Snuggy drop. Yes, they say they yeah. they drop Snuggy in this film. Yeah, um, just the worst. <laughs> just like yeah. the stuff imaginable, like stuff it's, that it's like you an would... action movie trying to rip off Juno or something. I mean, they just yeah. kept throwing in these pop culture references that are so dated and have no bearing on the movie <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. I uh, I had a friend – I got a friend on Twitter. I put up my review and said, you know, you should not see this movie or something. And he said, you know, uh, is, is it even – is it at least fun from a – or good from a, you know, this is stupid fun standpoint? And my, my exact not quote really. back to him was, if somebody gives you the choice between red boxing this movie and getting kicked in the nuts – you should take the kick in the nuts and be grateful. That's it's just it's so brutal. It's just. Uh, ugh. I want to mention uh, another scene that's just terrible. That's the the uh, shooting the cupcake off the uh, you know what I'm talking off the rod yeah. or the the fence thing. Just an attempt for, at humor. Every attempt at humor in this movie fails miserably. Yep. I sat in a, a theater that was about half full, and no one even attempted to crack a smile you could tell in this the entire time especially during the first scene where they're playing call of duty and it's supposed to be this big reveal oh, oh they're not in a war they're playing call of duty yeah and they just go back and forth with like uh, oh you get out of there oh duck oh look out i'm firing and just just not funny at all and yeah just so out of place and just like get on with it and the the, the action like you said it just makes no sense there's no sense of scale in any of this one of the most ridiculous action scenes I've ever seen in a in a movie is in this when they're um, when Channing Tatum's still in the film and they're going to steal a nuclear warhead back from from the bad guys and so they go on a gun assault through the nuclear warhead yeah. factory and yeah. they're like running in with machine guns like yeah. how is that in any way what and they doing would really park do? parkour moves up and down yeah. the, I mean good God. <laughs> It's just so awesome. There's not a, not an ounce of logic used in any scene of this film at all. Yeah, but yeah. I will say, it seems like they just made the film for the old, for the scene where they're on the zip lines. The ninjas yeah. are on the zip lines. That's the yeah. one, I guess, 
five minutes so that if that was in a decent movie, it would be an okay scene. Uh, yeah. Like if The Dark Knight, or, you know, did a, a scene on the side of a mountain like that. You know, it's all CGI, you know, probably, but but it looked okay and it was yeah. terrible. Nobody was talking, so. Definitely the best scene in the movie. Definitely I mean, the best scene in the film, but by no means is that saying no. it's worth the price of a admission. Yeah. <laughs> nothing is nothing. Nothing is worth the price of admission for this movie. Please don't see it. Richard, any Please other don't. any thoughts on G.I. Joe? Not nearly enough Marlon Wayne's. <laughs> right? Uh, Seriously. Guys, it's I heard it's Bruce Oh, let's talk about Bruce Willis. For a minute. What'd you guys think of him being in there? I thought it was a just him taking a check. It was yeah. an attempt at Oh look, it's John McClane, but no, it's not John McClane. Um, it was the scene where he's sh- taking him around their house and just they're finding guns everywhere. Goes on for about yeah. five minutes too long. Yeah, it's just not creative. The places he's hiding guns. It's like, oh, they're in the cabinet. Right. <laughs> it's like right. they're under the couch. Like, duh. <laughs> or do you keep stuff? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, don't go in the garage. <laughs> oh wait, your garage is full of guns. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. So it's just I, I really loved when they when he made a big deal about enlisting some old friends of his from the old Joes, and then they're there for like the meeting, and then you never see them. Again. <laughs> Just, uh, I I thought Willis was honestly was probably one of the better things about the movie, but he's in it for ten just minutes just because he's Bruce Willis. Yeah, he, and that, and he's one that he's a guy that knows that there's there's almost nothing he can do to turn people against him. He can show as long if you're going to give him five million dollars to do a movie, he's going to do it because he he's got this crazy weird legacy where you can't you can't touch him you can't ever affect him no matter how bad the movies are that he's in and so he just keeps showing up you know but guys this was bruce willis's top grossing weekend box office of all time and they've already greenlit gi joe 3 so get excited we're gonna probably be doing this again pretty soon awesome awesome I mean, of course it is. It made that much money. Of course it's going to get greenlit for a sequel, but dear Lord. Ugh. And guys, what I wanted to mention in movie news um, on this regard was Hasbro has said that it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. I think you know where I'm going with this. For a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover film. <laughs> uh, of course. I mean, why wouldn't you at this point? I, did, it's, did J.J. Abrams sign on for that also? Yeah. No, that's Peter Jackson that's doing this. That <laughs> okay. one. I mean, of course they would do that. It's this is what happens when you let a toy manufacturer decide what movies get made in a given year. I mean, well, Brian, hopefully we can get more board game movies. Yeah, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're getting Monopoly, yeah. guys. Where's we're, Operation? We're get, I need. We're that. getting Candyland with Adam Sandler. So look forward to that. So you know it's good. I ugh. This 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 week is making me lose faith in humanity and movies in general. I don't know if I'm going to be back next week. I might I might quit. I don't know. Guys, just... if it, the the bad movie season is officially over. It seems yeah, like though it really true. is. This weekend, GI Joe or not GI Joe, Jurassic Park three, three <laughs> D or Jurassic Park three D. Excuse me, is coming out. So yep. that's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Movies excited movie, be... uh, movie season has started. So yep. the bad is the bad is behind us and guys. Uh, it can only get better from here. I think we can all agree. Yep. Yeah, definitely. 
I think that about wraps it up for G.I. Joe Retaliation. Once again, do not see this film. Do not contribute any money to what they're doing here. We've already done that for you, so consider um, us. We saw the movie for you guys, so you guys don't have to. We'll be writing it off for tax purposes, though, because of this podcast. So I legitimately wanted a refund. Like I almost asked for a refund. I was so offended. By, and guys, the end of the film, let's not forget the song that they play. <laughs> How do you like me now? Of How course like they me play. Now? Exactly. Yes, yes. Of course that like was the song they chose the clothes yeah. on. Ugh. I don't like them so, at all. It made me handsome. Overall, let's go around the table. Uh, B plus. Brian? <laughs> I'm changing mine to an F. I, it, I started at a D, but I've talked myself into an F. That's if it's end. possible to get lower than an F, I give this film on a, Hold on. On a scale from – hold on. Letter M. Hear me out. On a scale of A minus to A plus, where do you rank this? <laughs> a, a minus B in the lows. Minus, 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 minus. So A minus. I'll write yeah. you down for an A minus. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. So let's um, move on, guys. Unless you have anything else to say about this film. No. Let's stop talking about that. Movie. Okay. Let's uh, go on to weekly recommends. Brian. Yeah. Uh. It's funny. I, I haven't been able to – I've been really busy. haven't been able to go to the movies much. So uh, Wednesday night I went and did a double feature that ended with G.I. Joe Retaliation, the worst movie of the year. Uh, but it actually started with the movie that for right now at least – I'm sure it will get topped many times over eventually. But for right now at least stands as the best movie of the year in my book, and that is DreamWorks Animation The Croods uh, really? starring Nicolas Cage, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, um, I got to admit I was not enthused about the movie. I didn't – there was nothing in the trailers that led me to have a, a whole lot of anticipation for it. Um, DreamWorks animated movies in general are usually fairly generic. Yeah, it was okay B or B- minus type movies for me. Um, but this one really works. It's It's very – it's first of all, it's beautiful. It's very it, the animation is just gorgeous. Um, I thought of you, Kent, because you're the the 3D guru of, uh, in my yeah. life, um, and uh, I didn't see it in 3D because I hate 3D. And I actually, for maybe the second time ever, I wished I was seeing it in 3D because it was just such a a gorgeous, uh, lavish film. Um, the story is is very simple, uh, easy to follow along, but still they they don't. Um, they don't lose focus because of that, you know. It's uh, it's a kids movie, but it's it's focused enough to where sometimes kids movies drive me crazy when they kind of go off the rails and get into tangents and stuff that I don't really care about. Um, this one stays on on focus the whole time. It's uh, it's smarter than I anticipated it would be, um, and uh, and the voice talent is is really good. Ryan Reynolds is really good. Uh, Nicholas Cage was really good. Um, it's uh it, it it has a very old fashioned feel to it. It feels like a it feels like a, a Disney movie from the, the Disney heyday, but with better better animation. Um so I really enjoyed it. It's def if you have kids, it's definitely one you want to take your kids to because it's um it's 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 a lot of fun for, for kids and adults and it's totally clean. There's nothing in there that's gonna upset parents or anything like that but if you don't have kids I, you know it's worth seeing i enjoyed it it's it's fun i gave it an a which i certainly didn't expect uh expected to come away with so um cool. the crudes would be my my recommendation for the week sweet so the crudes is out now i believe in 3d and 2d 
Yep. And uh, I'll have to check that out. Thanks, Brian. Um, yep. Richard. Uh, my recommendation, I'm going to go into the – I try to you know spice mine up with movies and television and books. Uh, mine is actually a book of, for this week uh, – came out today and uh, I've read a few chapters of it in my travels today. Excellent so far uh, by uh, it's called everything is perfect when you're a liar. Yeah. And it is Kelly by Oxford. Ke- Kelly Oxford. Yes. One of my, you know, uh, who's become famous uh, kind of the, one of the first Twitter celebrities, not, not celebrities on Twitter, but uh, you know, Twitter made celebrities through her, her wit and her, uh, her blog, her Tumblr as well. And uh, she's now written a book and gotten a, a movie deal out of it. She's also sold a script, but the book is excellent. She really works well in essay form. I love comedic essay. It's one of my favorite uh, forms of reading. It's the easiest thing to read and the most fun. Uh, Michael Ian Black comes to mind. He's an excellent modern uh, humorous essayist. Dave Sedaris, Steve Martin, uh, a lot of people that are really good in that. In that. And she, she holds her own. It's got a great uh, female perspective, but it doesn't. Uh, you know, Brian and I read uh, Mindy Kaling's book last year, which I really yeah. liked, but I thought really mm-hmm. limit limit was limited to a male audience. In that, it was very good, but I feel like I would have liked it ten times more being a female. Uh, I feel like everyone would really enjoy this book. I think it's uh, really smart, really funny, uh, and uh, just a, a a fun, easy read. Perfect kind of beach, spring, summer reading. So uh, that's all I got. Great, I'm looking forward to that one. She's a funny follow. She's very offensive sometimes, so um, yes. if, you're, if you're a very religious person, um, <laughs> don't follow her. But she's very funny, and you can't help but laugh at she's not, much all she says. She's not quite as bad as Jenny Johnson. She's like the more tempered. Yeah. Jenny yeah. Johnson's even even more crude, but uh, but, but the, book is, the book is solid. So, uh, Kent, well, your uh, recommend of the week? Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a documentary. I got a chance to check out this past week. Um, it just came out to iTunes. It is called Room 237. I don't know if you guys have heard oh, of it. Oh, yeah. But this is a film. Um, it's it's kind of a cinematic analysis uh, movie, if you will. I don't know the correct um, genre, really, you would consider it. But it, it goes in depth on the Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. And it basically breaks down uh, The Shining in a number of ways, about five different writers, I guess, give their opinions on what they think that The Shining means, the underlying message of the film. And it's just really interesting as it breaks down, you know, pretty much every aspect, the the dialogue, it breaks down, you know, what's in the background, the, the different props that are around, what do they mean, why did Kubrick put, it, put that thing there, you know, because Kubrick was one of those filmmakers that every, you know, every aspect of every frame was there for a purpose, you know, he's, yeah. he, um, so there's, I mean, there's one person thinks that Kubrick was, um, had an underlying theme of the Native Americans, you know, disdain for us, um, and that, that the hotel was basically on a burial ground, you know, and there's pictures of Indians around the hotel and small things like that. And another guy thought that the film was uh, Kubrick telling people that he was involved in faking the Apollo mission. The Apollo 11 mission um, that he was had a very strong hand in, in that. So there's a lot. I mean, a, there's so many um, different things you can read into The Shining. It's one of those films that you know people still don't know its true meanings. But it's even if you don't like the film, it's a very entertaining documentary, and it it definitely one that will kind of open your eyes to uh, to a lot of Kubrick's work. So um, have you guys heard about it? Yeah, I'd I'd seen it and saw that it was coming out. It kind of uh, had made the today. festival rounds this this yeah. past year. 
at yeah. Sundance and South by Southwest and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So definitely, I'm, inter- I'm definitely movie. interested to see it. I hope it makes it to Netflix. I mean, it's not it's not mm. shot like a typical documentary. I mean, it's basically footage of The Shining with yeah. people giving commentary over it. Uh, but That's it's cool. really cool, cool um, documentary, and definitely check it out. And it's be one of those cool things, you know, watch The Shining and then watch it right after. Um, if you're into, you know, breaking down films, which you obviously are if, if you're listening to this podcast. Right. Uh, Brian Gill, where can I find your work online? Yeah, I'm at bgill12 on Twitter and the soapboxoffice.com for movie reviews and shenanigans. Richard Barden. I'm at uh, RB13 on Zanga. And uh, <laughs> no. I'm at uh, Richard Barden on Twitter and richardbarden.com for my blogging and so on and so forth. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. That's K E N T Garrison. Uh, you can email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook. Leave us a five star review. I see that we've got a few more since the last week, so that's great. Great awesome. stuff. Thank you guys so much. And um, anything else you guys want to mention for this this week, guys? I love you both. Let's go Mavericks. Yeah. Let's go Mavericks. Let's go Rangers, guys. I believe yeah. Darvish has a perfect game going he right does. now. Don't so talk about it. We're, we're going to get off this and uh, go check that out. So, I don't know uh, what you're talking about. <laughs> until next time, we will see you guys at the cinema. Oh, my. Bye.